Greetings to our audience and thank you for coming again to learn more about Think Like a Leader, Electric International's really great interview and conversation program. Today, we're joined by Michael Parks. Michael is Vice President of the Power Group of O'Connell Electric, which is headquartered in Victor, New York. He is in a very cold part of the country and I'm in a very warm part of the country, but the thing we both share is how much we think about and work with Electri. So Michael, thank you for joining us this morning. Let me ask you to start by giving our audience a snapshot about O'Connell Electric. And are there certain highlights that you think make your family business unique? Oh, well, thanks for having me, Carolyn. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to everybody. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff that makes O'Connell Electric unique. Uh, one, um, we were started in 1911, so we're celebrating our 110th year this year, which I think is pretty exciting. Not too many companies can uh, can say they've been along um, for that long these days. So uh, we're proud of that. Um, you know, one of the big things, my grandfather purchased the company back in 1968. I think they were doing like $75,000 in revenue and this year will probably be over 350 million. Um, but we've gotten there through diversifying the company. We do everything from transmission line work to changing lights and receptacles and everything in between that. Um, taking a lot of risk too on projects that no one else wanted to wanted to go after. Um, actually, a couple of years ago, um, got a phone call from a customer that uh, let off with, um, uh, we were told you guys are the ones that do all the sexy one-off jobs. And uh, um, that's kind of always stuck with me. And that's really kind of comes back to the heart of who we are. You know, we go after those challenging jobs that no one else wants. And, you know, we manage them successfully. And I, I think that's, really grown us into who we are today. Um, it is an interesting dynamic. We are a family business and um, I have a lot of family members that I work with um, um, with every day. Um, you know, we don't necessarily always see eye to eye, but we all at the end of the day love each other and, you know, have weekend dinners and all that, that stuff. So I think it's just a, a, a great balancing of, of the family and the business and um, now, you, you've been with O'Connell for 11 years, but obviously you've been in the electrical construction industry longer than that. So give us a quick little view of how did it come to be that you didn't start out with your family business? Um, actually wanted to be a, a doctor. And when I didn't get accepted to Johns Hopkins, I, I kind of threw that out the window and uh, went, to, uh, went to Clarkson to become an electrical engineer and um, my grandfather told me I wasn't allowed to come back to the to the company until I uh, I had my professional engineering license. So I worked for about uh, eight years outside of the company and got a lot of good exposure to the utility industry. Um, and um, one of uh, one of uh, our managers was retiring that uh, that led our power group, and uh, I came in and filled that position. So. Um, and there it is. So now I think you would agree, it's fair to say that line contractors face some challenges that are very different from what other companies doing inside work are facing. So as you think about the two major things that impacted 
every industry in 2020 being both the pandemic and then the resulting economy issues. Was there anything that you had to do to change your approach to being a leader of the company because of those major factors? Um, I, I guess I'll, I'll start by saying we were very fortunate in the fact that our diversification um, in our company, the line industry actually was one of the industries that was almost not affected by it. Um, you know, we had customers, um, you know, calling to make sure we were still going to be working for them and um, pushing their jobs forward. I think the big thing was trying to balance that with the rest of the company and in, in looking, you know, hey, we got furloughs going on over here, but we have a ton of work going on in the, the line side. How can we, how can we look at you know, taking some of the guys that were affected on some of our inside work and moving them into some of our outside work to maybe help, whether it was through prefabrication or, you know, having um, guys come in and um, assist in substation jobs or try to get us a little bit farther ahead. So um, a lot of balancing between the company and working with the other managers um, was, was really what it, what it came down to. A lot of just communication we had regular meetings, um, you know, keeping our, um, keeping our employees up to date on what's going on, all the changing um, mandates coming out of the, the New York State Governor's Office, um, um, just ultimately just communicating, communicating, communicating to both our field and office employees was, was, was the big thing that, uh, that we saw that, that changed the most, so. You mentioned prefabrication. Uh, we hear that there are a lot of contractors, especially on the line side, that may not be making changes and taking the opportunities to do prefab as expeditiously as they should. But your company, as I understand it, really is into making the most of new technologies. How do you, as a leader, convey to your workforce the importance of looking at doing things new ways? Um, I, I think at times it can be a struggle. Um, I, I think you need to ultimately show them the light, I guess. And, you know, we, we built a prefab shop in right, ne right next door here. And um, what we've done is we've brought a lot of our outside field people actually into the prefab shop to show them what we can do there and to show them the tooling that they have there and to prove to them that, you know, it's, it saves time. Um, it employs, you know, we're not losing jobs. We're employing people. There's actually people here working, you know, it's not a bunch of robots doing stuff. It's, um, um, you know, I think just getting people in and showing them the technology and showing them all the things they can do. Um, what we found is once people understand it and, and see what we're capable of doing that, then they start trying to push the envelope. It's like, oh, well, you know, what else can we do? Or what can I think of maybe outside of the box that, that you know, we weren't doing before? And, and I think they take a sense of pride in, oh, well, I was the one that came up with that new way of doing this or this new idea. And we've seen a lot of that happen um, with our prefab shop. And I, you know, really it only takes a project for people to, to jump on board and, 
you know, getting them involved early on and, and seeing the operation, I think, has been key for us. Speaking of thinking outside the box, for the past several years, you've chaired the Electric International Program Review Committee. When you think about the work that that committee has accomplished and some of the changes that they've recommended and are put, being put into place, um, are there some that you think are gonna have a really positive impact on the way that Electric International approaches its own program agenda going forward? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I think one of the, the main ones that we've looked at doing is restructuring how we deliver or go about the research. Um, you know, we've for years been in more of this um, traditional academic style research approach, which certainly has merit and will continue to have merit moving forward. Um, However, in, in looking at our group and just how people absorb information these days, um, you know, we, we looked at different opportunities to break it out. So we came up with a few different ones, the traditional, more academic-based style that we've been doing, um, uh, just a subject matter expert. There's certain topics out there that, you know, just require an expert in an area to, to come back and give us you know, the three page report and a quick turnaround to say, hey, this is what digital electricity is or whatever the case is. I think it works well for a lot of these futuristic topics or um, new industry trends. And then the other one that I think is gonna provide a ton of value is this focus group with the moder moderator, where when we look at Electri, this is the best of the best from, um, around the country in the electrical industry, we have a ton of knowledge that sits in that room. And to be able to gather their knowledge and their experiences, you know, through a moderated approach and then present that back to the membership and to Nika, um, I think is gonna be a, a huge asset that uh, Electri can, can offer. Um, I, you know, I view Electri as, as a huge, peer group, probably one of the best one that, that's out there. And uh, some of the best stuff I've gotten out of Electri is just through conversations I've had with um, the various council members. Um, so I think that's probably the, the, the biggest change that um, the Electri membership is going to see moving forward. And hopefully Now, as of January 2021, you are now chair of the Electri Council. Thank you. Congratulations. Was there a particular aha moment that you said, yeah, I am gonna take this role on. I am going to commit to doing this. Was there one specific thing that hit you as the reason you agreed to be the chair? Well, first I was extraordinarily flattered to even be asked. Um, I, I think one of the biggest reasons is, is that it really meant a lot to me and um, just from you know, my grandfather Walter Parks was one of the one of the founding members, and um, I, I know how much he believes in this organization. And he, um, from my first day um, on the job, um, got me involved with Electri, and 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 I've seen the value and the importance of this industry. And um, this industry has given myself and my family tremendous opportunity. And, um, you know, this is kind of my way of trying to give back, um, you know, through my time and experience and other talents. And I'm, 
I'm hopeful that uh, I'm going to do a good job and lead us uh, to a good two years and uh, set ourselves up well for the future. So, As Electri moves forward with its program agenda, particularly on the research side, are there certain topics that you would like to see included in the Electri commissioned portfolio each year, things that would be particularly helpful to the line contractors? Um, so I think one of the big things, and I know Sonia um, and I share this same viewpoint, is that I want to see topics that a contractor can take and apply to their business to make them better. Um, I don't necessarily have a whole long list of what those are, but that's really what I look for in the new research that comes out, um, is how can we take this and how can we apply it to make, make someone a better contractor? or a better vendor um, in that case. Um, one of the things that I think is important, not only for line contractors, but also inside contractors, you know, we have, you know, everybody keeps hearing the resource shortages, both electricians and with linemen. Um, and, you know, people are getting, you know, just pushed into the industry, um, which is, is, is great. Um, we have contra we have linemen coming in from Florida, Georgia, the Midwest, California, you name it, everywhere. And I think one of the most important things that we can do as contractors is setting expectations from day one when they step foot and start working for a company. And one of the things I would like to see Electri work towards um, with NECA too is uh, a better onboarding process, not only for line contractors, but also for the membership in general, um, you know, helping, um, helping to develop that where the contractor could, um, could utilize something kind of standardized for a NECA organization as a whole to, to help set expectations for, for new hires um, from both the safety, um, you know, sexual harassment, um, you know, processes and procedures. And even a, a bilingual version of it, you know, um, so that um, Spanish speaking, English speaking, you know, have good opportunity to understand uh, what we're what we're um, what we're looking to to get from our employees. So beyond the electric research agenda, uh, what do you think you want to help electric to accomplish? in terms of talent initiative, working to attract students into the industry, both at the college level, but also making much younger students and their parents and their guidance counselors aware of all of the different career opportunities that are available to them in the industry. Yeah, it's incredibly important. Um, you know, I think through our We've made a lot of changes, um, you know, with uh, Josh and Adam, Adam Rude there, um, in our, our talent uh, committee. Um, we've restructured the Green Energy Challenge to be an innovation challenge. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of um, um, really great um, proposals and uh, presentations from these kids uh, this coming year. Um, and we're also talking about how do we get into the high schools um, and get to these kids before they make up their mind. Um, I, I think that's going to be, you know, one of the keys here moving forward. Um, and I, I think really it comes down to, to 
you know, getting the message out, um, not only with the counselors, um, but really with the parents somehow. And um, I don't have all the answers to that yet. And I know we're going to be talking about that. Um, but, you know, that's where it really starts is with the parents. And I think for, for years, the construction industries had um, maybe a perception amongst parents that I don't want my kids doing that. And um, I think we need to open their eyes to what these careers really have turned into these days with the technology and, you know, the prefabrication and BIM and, uh, um, you know, even I think robotics moving forward is going to be, uh, you know, changing the uh, construction landscape. So I think we have a really good story to tell. We just got to get that message out there. Well, speaking of getting the message out there, there are a lot of companies and individuals that made the decision to make a financial investment and a time investment in Electric International. But still, there are some contractors who are not as engaged as they could be or should be. So what would you say to them to encourage them to become more active participants in Electric International's programs? Well, I, I think everybody in this industry owes the industry something for the opportunities that it's provided them and their families. So I think to start with, you know, I think if, if, if you look at what you have and, and how good this industry has been to you, I, I think this is a great opportunity to, to, to give back through Electric and make the industry even better. Um, I also think that, you know, what's not well advertised with the luxury is what I said before. This is perhaps the greatest peer group that is out there. I mean, we have some of the best people, if not all the best people in the industry um, that, that meet on a regular basis a couple times a year and then through various committees and task force. And I can't tell you how much I've learned from those individuals in that room. And that investment that we've made um, as a company has, has paid off tenfold, if not more than that. Um, you know, and, and just some of the lessons that I've learned and the experience I've gotten to, to, to hear about that we've been able to apply to our business and, and make meaningful changes. So set the research aside, just the, just the experience and the conversations in that room um, you know, are, are worth the price of admission. What is the best advice that you've ever gotten that you'd like to share with our audience? That's, that's a tough one. Um, I've gotten a lot of good advice over the years. Um, I actually, I'll, I'll share this. Um, I was in a Dale Carnegie class that our, our company put on um, and one of our, um, one of our estimators was giving their presentation and um, about some technique that they use. Um, and uh, what it was is eliminate what you know. And for whatever reason, that's kind of stuck, stuck with me. Um, whenever I approach something like a complex task or, um, you know, a, a complex problem that we have, there's, there's always so much to it. And if you can break that down into smaller pieces, and look at each part. There's always something in there that's low-hanging fruit that's easy to tackle. 
So go after that first, eliminate what you know and break it down. And as soon as you start picking off some of those things, all of a sudden the problem gets a lot simpler. Um, and, you know, it seems like simple advice, but, you know, sometimes when faced with a complex problem, it's easy to get caught up into, you know, get overwhelmed or, or kind of not see through the trees. But if you can take a step back, get the little stuff crossed off and, and, you know, a lot of times it's a lot easier to see. So. Well, Michael, I've gone through all the questions that Josh and I had put together in the beginning. Is there anything I missed? Is there anything you want to make sure that you get to tell our audience about Electric or about O'Connell Electric that we haven't covered? Um, I think we covered a lot of it. I'll just say that, you know, I, I, I going back to what I just said, you know, Electric has made O'Connell Electric and myself, and I know my grandfather, um, you know, one better, better contractors, um, better company. Um, you know, again, what that group in the room has taught me is, you know, been invaluable to me. And, um, you know, I, I just look forward to, you know, continuing to push the envelope here, continuing to look towards the future, continuing to try to be um, the disruptor and be on the front edge of, of that. And I think we all need to, we all need to take that same viewpoint. And, you know, we, we want to be the disruptors. Um, you know, we don't want to, um, we don't want to be trying to catch up to them. So, um, and I think that's what this organization is all about. Um, you know, leading the charge through all of that. Well, Michael, we are so fortunate to have you as leader of the Electric Council this year and next. Council meetings coming up. It's obviously, everybody's working on Zoom now rather than being in the same room, but that hasn't stopped us from doing exactly what you're talking about, the discussions and the meetings and the getting together part of it. So thank you again for your time. You are most definitely one of our industry leaders and we really do appreciate your joining us for this series. Thank you, Carolyn, I appreciate having me.